Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Welcome back, everyone, to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Today is still Wednesday, January 27, 2010. Appreciate you tuning in to another live podcast coming to you from Citrus County, Florida. And uh, sitting here waiting for the show, I was just uh, reading more about the uh, devastation in Haiti by that massive 7.0 earthquake and and all the aftershocks, and well, what a horrible situation for those people over there. Just unbelievable. Uh, 150,000 plus uh, bodies recovered so far, and looks like uh, they be calling off the search for survivors, and it'll be uh, now a search for recovery, I suppose. Uh, 150,000 plus, and that number is largely largely from uh, in and around uh, Port-au-Prince. And what about all the other areas that they haven't even really gotten to yet? So it uh, looks like thousands upon thousands of bodies will never be recovered. Just just an absolutely uh, horrible situation. And uh, the exact uh, death toll perhaps uh, never really uh, be known either. But uh, But once again, the American people stepped up and poured in $57 million alone from just the private sector. And that number doesn't even include donations from organizations or, or corporate donations. So $57 million just from uh, people like you and me, a record in private donations, uh, proving to the world once again that the people of the United States really are the most giving people of any country in the world. Uh, President Bill Clinton and uh, President George Bush. We Americans are always at our best when we hear and heed the cries of others. When confronted with massive human suffering, Americans have always stepped up and answered the call to help. But there's never been anything on a scale of human tragedy in our own hemisphere, like what we're now witnessing in Haiti. Today, President Clinton and I are joining together to appeal to you with real urgency. Give now, and lives will be saved. Thank you. Thank you. So if you would like to give to the Haiti Donation Fund, you can go to worldvision.org slash contribute and give what you can afford to help these people in a time of such need. Uh, <clears throat> this, evening, this evening, I thought we could look at an issue that hits the national news from time to time, a term that is believed to have been coined by the United States, actually, and that is, of course, road rage. And then... As I had posted here in 1999, the National Highway uh, Traffic Safety Administration declared that road rage 
would be the most pressing traffic safety problem facing America. Uh, but how serious is it really? We, we've all seen acts of various degrees of road rage, which I'll touch on later, but how many of us have actually been in a road rage encounter? And how does the U.S. compare to other countries? Is it really the most pressing traffic safety problem facing America, or when a serious road rage incident occurs, is it just a good news story, so to speak, uh, such as this... Um, news report from KRQE or KRQE Channel 13 News uh, out of the uh, state of New Mexico. A frightening road rage incident in southeast Albuquerque is caught on camera and a three-year-old girl is caught in the middle of it. It started at an intersection of Florida and Trumbull, but the drivers had a confrontation at the southeast police substation. And, of course, he's going to be charged with, or he was charged with, um, assault with a deadly weapon, uh, obviously the vehicle. And uh, as professional drivers, you've all seen a form of road rage at one time or another because there are various categories of road rage, such as flashing the headlights, uh, blowing the horn, get that a lot, uh, or the rude gestures and the uh, verbal insults that we all go through as truck drivers, I know. And there's also the aggressive and uh, or the uh, threatening driving behaviors. There's a threatening behavior where the person physically gets out of the vehicle. And, of course, there's a category of the physical assault and the use of an actual weapon. And so what trucker hasn't been given the old universal signal from another driver, you know, with this gesture being perhaps the most common of all gestures, right? We see it all the time. And... It is really easy to want to counter back with that same sign. Believe me, I know, but road rage in America isn't always a rude gesture between two drivers and then life goes on. You just never know in what mental state of mind that other driver is going to be in. Uh, WBZ TV News out of Massachusetts. It looked like there was a standoff hard to believe uh, that somebody would have gotten shot. Police say it only took one minute, an apparent case of road rage on a darkened North Quincy Street. And now Milton firefighter Joseph Pisano, 30 years old, battles to survive. It was late Saturday night. Pisano's white SUV was behind a silver sports car that kept on applying its brakes intentionally. Jam on the brakes. So now you got to jam on the brakes. Then you go a little bit further, jam on the brakes. Then you got to jam on the brakes. He stops. He gets out. Victim gets out, one shot, the suspect gets back in the car and goes. Pisano was hit in the chest area with a 45 caliber bullet. His girlfriend in the passenger seat, hysterical but unhurt, at the Milton Fire Station, disbelief that this could happen to one of their own. I mean, I wouldn't think that any of our guys would, you know, wind up uh, in this. Um, you know, it's just not something that 
remotely would cross your mind. Back at the scene in North Quincy, broken glass in an EMT's glove, the only evidence of a brutal act. People in the neighborhood say road rage is a daily fact of life. There's a lot of road rage. People are just not faithful. They don't care about each other. So I wonder about that. When I heard that, I wonder, that, that guy on the street, if you could have seen the video, uh, he almost looked like a homeless guy. I don't know if he was, but just the average guy on the street. And I wondered about that comment. We just don't care about each other anymore. I wonder how much that plays for uh, the stress that we have in our society, the economic troubles that we're going through. I mean, is, is that true? Um, do we just really not just care about each other anymore? That could be a big part of it, the way that life goes on now. But, uh, and, of course, we all know about the most recent act of road rage between uh, the two truck drivers in Illinois who had gotten in on an argument over the CB radio and both pulled over to settle the situation. And, and unfortunately, one went into the fight with his fist and the other came in with a knife. And a simple argument over the CB and one driver laid dead on the side of the Edens Expressway. So uh, how often does this go on? Uh, is, is this, do, do we hear about stories like this just because they just make big news? I mean, how serious is road rage in America? In America? Uh, a 2009 survey by Auto Vantage, uh, they came up with the most recent, their list anyway, for the top five cities with the worst uh, rate of road rage, and also the, the five most courteous cities in the United States. And that, uh, as far as the worst road rage cities, number one was New York, uh, number two was Dallas-Fort Worth, and then at three came in Detroit, Michigan, and number four was Atlanta, and number five as the worst city in America for road rage was Minneapolis-St. Paul. And the uh, most courteous cities, the five top courteous cities, uh, number one was Portland, Oregon. Number two was Cleveland. And number three was Baltimore. And number four was Sacramento. And number five coming in as the most courteous in America was Pittsburgh. And what's really weird about this new uh, 09 survey is that last year in 2008, or the previous year, 2008, Minneapolis-St. Paul came in as the number five spot of the worst road rage city in America. But they must have cleaned up their act because the next year, 2009, they made number four as the most courteous city in America. So I guess you can clean up your act if you work at it. But, but what do you think? Is road rage as serious an issue as they say, or does it just seem that way? Because when big stories hit, it makes for a good news story. Uh, our call-in number is 347-826-9170. If you have a road rage story to share, we'll be glad to have you on the show. Uh, so I kept wondering about this question about whether or not road rage really is a huge problem in America. And uh, there was a road rage study uh, also done just last year, 2009, and they surveyed 10 countries. Uh, they looked at South Africa, Greece, France, the United States, Brazil, Malaysia, India, Korea, Taiwan, and the United Kingdom and compared all ten to each other. And all of these markets showed significant levels of aggression on the road. And the country that 
came in as number one, what do you think? The number one worst country for road rage. You think it was the United States? No, it came in as South Africa. And I, you, that's almost understandable when you think about it, but South Africa was number one with an overwhelming 67% of those interviewed reporting receiving some aggressive behavior directed at them within the past 12 months. So then I got to thinking, well, how does the U.S. compare with the worst country in the world when it comes to experiencing some act of road rage? So I got to looking at it. And uh, various, various acts of road rage, it can be violent, and it can just be very, very trivial, as you'll hear later. But some of the main points of road rage, uh, like persistent flashing headlights, you know, they just keep flashing their headlights at you. That's a, that's a various sign of road rage. In South Af Africa, 64% of the people go through this. They experience this, the constant flashing of headlights compared to 14% here in the United States. And the other old favorite of these uh, aggressors out there on the road, the, just the constant sounding of the horns, blowing their horns at you. We get a lot of that here in Florida. Uh, in South Africa, 49% of the population the people surveyed uh, has gone through this form of uh, road rage, 49% compared to 22% right here in the good old USA. And then we have the rude gestures and uh, or the verbal insults. Uh, truckers see a lot of this. They get it all the time, I know. So South Africa, 71% of the time, they will get these rude gestures and or verbal insults compared to 47% here in the U.S. So that's a biggie here in the United States, the rude gestures and the verbal insults, especially directed toward truckers. We see that a lot. And we have the aggressive and the uh, or the threatening driving behaviors, and 67% in South Africa, 44% here in the U.S. So those two are the big ones: rude gestures, verbal insults, aggressive or threatening driving behaviors toward other people out on the road. 44% here in the U.S. And then we have the physical assault and or the use of a weapon, like we saw in Illinois. Um, real, real close to South South Africa, although the numbers are so slow or so low. Uh, South Africa, two percent, two percent experienced physical assault or use of a weapon, and here in the United States, we came in at one percent. So, the driver who lost his life, unfortunately, recently in Illinois, according to this most recent survey, stood a one percent chance when he got out of that commercial vehicle and encountering a physical assault by a weapon, but a 1% chance is all it takes. The only problem I have with these surveys is there's no way to really include every act of road rage that goes on. I mean, think about it as a truck driver. How many times a day do you see some form of road rage, even as trivial and tiny as it may seem? Uh, the 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 old hand gesture that we all know about uh, the yelling and screaming and you know just looking at you or just speeding by I mean so many different types of various uh, various ways of road rage that goes on all the time and uh, never never reported I mean how many times have you had a one of the four wheelers uh, get in front of you and slow down speed up slow down 
or one of the biggies here in Florida driving along and uh, start passing the vehicle in front of you, and then they speed up so they stay right right at your rear axle so you can't get back over. I mean, as trivial as that sounds, that is a form of road rage. Why, the, why they do it? But they do it all the time. But what do we do? We don't call 911. We don't go to the police station and say, yeah, I was trying to pass this guy, and, and then he sped up and stayed right at my rear axles. So think about all these smaller acts of road rage that's never reported. We don't call 911. We don't go to the police. So when you, when you put it to the whole picture, look at the whole picture of, of the uh, drivers here in America and we as truckers, what we see every day, uh, you have to conclude that even though as trivial, trivial as some of them may be, they're classified as a form of road rage. So I would say it is a big, big problem here in the U.S. And, and I know that as men, we all have that male hormone that fires us up when faced with these acts of road rage against us, uh, especially when we're just driving down the highway, minding our own business, and one of the four-wheelers pulls up beside us and for no reason at all just gives us that universal sign or other forms of aggression. Uh, and We just can't help it. We're men. We're men. We're truckers. Inside all of us is that desire to show that we're not afraid of anyone or anything, and if that road rage aggressor wants to do battle, then let's get it on. And it's not just men. Uh, women women jump right in there with us, and I'll be touching on that in a little bit. But the large, the large majority of us can control it. We can calm ourselves down and let it pass, but what makes most of us able to control it and others cross that line? How how can most of us react in a rational way and others just lose it? Uh, I, w I want you to hear some of these reasons that people gave when asked why they did what they did. Now, these are people who were not the instigator of the road rage, but people who reacted against the instigator. Got it? Here are some reasons they gave as to why they reacted the way they did against the instigator. And these are all cases that resulted in the death or serious injury of the road rage, road, uh, road rage instigator. One person said it was an argument over a parking space led to a death or a serious injury. Another person said, well, he cut me off. Some other guy said, well, she wouldn't let me pass. And a driver was shot to death by the other guy, and he and the reason he gave was because he hit my car. And a shooting occurred because one motorist was playing the radio too loud. Now, these are cases of road rage that resulted in death or serious injury of the instigator. So keep this in mind. These are the people that were supposed to be normal. Uh, another guy said, said the driver kept honking and honking his horn. We just went through that. Another reason was he or she was driving too slow, or he wouldn't turn off his high beams, or they kept tailgating me. And uh, a driver was chased down and shot to death after fleeing the scene of a hit and run, which resulted in a very minor collision, just a 
fender benders, a, barely a scratch. Uh, and another fatal crash occurred because another driver kept braking and accelerating, braking and speeding up. Um, one guy who um, who was accidentally rear-ended by um, I don't even know if it was an instigator. He was just accidentally rear-ended. The guy jumped out and um, uh, shot him. And he said, "I never would have shot him if he hadn't rear-ended me." I mean, now that's 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 the kind of driver we like to have out on the road. I never would have shot him if he hadn't rear-ended me. And uh, another person said, every time the light turned green, he just sat there. And I sat through three different green lights, and he couldn't take it anymore. And uh, a driver accused of murder said he couldn't care less about the rest of us. He just kept blocking traffic. And so the instigator of the road rage didn't care about anybody else. He just kept blocking traffic. So the other guy, the same guy, got out and killed him. And um, it just goes on and on. It's just unbelievable. And a, a recent survey sought to uh, define road rage in America, and the responses they received led them to point to two major areas. Uh, angry drivers, including drivers who overreact and lose their tempers, and aggressive driving including cutting into lanes, tailgating, speeding, and honking, and that kind of thing. Angry drivers and aggressive driving. And uh, behaviors by other drivers that cause stress for the rest of us and that can lead to road rage include drivers who talk on their cell phones. 84% of us see this every day. And what they're saying here is when we see drivers driving down the road talking on their cell phones, that can lead to road rage in us. These are the things that cause other people to get so angry that they go into road rage. Drivers who talk on their cell phones, 84% see it every day. Driving too fast, 58% of us see this every day while out on the road. Tailgating, 53% we see this. Uh, when we, we see drivers eating or drinking while driving, 48% of us see this. And texting or emailing while driving, 37% of us see this every day. And speaking of texting, if you haven't heard, which you probably have, but I'll reiterate it, new federal law went into effect yesterday, Tuesday, January 26, 2010. Commercial motor vehicles and uh, bus drivers, no more texting or emailing while you're driving. You can, but if you do, you be facing like a $2,700 fine. So if you want to text something while you're operating that CMV, uh, better be a really important text because if you get caught, 2700 bucks just like that. New federal law. Um, cutting over without notice. 43% see this every day here in the United States. And doing other things, putting on makeup, shaving, or reading behind the wheel, 27%. Uh, we see people slamming on the brakes, 25% of us experience that every day. And running the red lights, according to the survey, 22%. Now, now this is interesting. How, how do we as normal and sane drivers react towards a driver displaying road rage qualities? 
what does that do to you? You're driving along, driving down the road, and you notice this, this other driver acting in a road rage manner. Uh, seeing that, how does that make you? How does that make us react toward his display of road rage? Forty-three uh, percent of us will honk our horn at him. We'll honk right back at him. Thirty-six percent of us will curse at him. Thirteen percent will wave our fist or, or our arms, and ten percent, well, ten percent of us will make that obscene gesture we talked about earlier. Ten percent of us will respond back that way. Only seven percent will call the police to report the driver. And believe it or not, one percent of us will slam our cars in front of them. So this is how we react when we see road rage being displayed. That that displayed that that's our reaction to it. So I got to thinking. I wonder, well, what's the psychological reasoning behind this? I'm not too big on too much psychology, but uh, there's got to be some kind of reason. I mean, I mean, we're profession, professional drivers. Uh, I think road rage is largely in part by the general public and the four wheelers. I mean, we're drivers are professional and they act it and they they drive professional. Just uh, just a large percentage of the time, I think it's very very few that do not. Uh, but the so-called reasons for disputes are actually called triggers. And in most human behavior, they say there is a stated and unstated or a unconscious or unconsciousness motivation. And the motivation for traffic disputes is no exception. So while the event that sparks the incident may be trivial, in every case, that there existed some reservoir of anger, hostility, or frustration that is released by the triggering incident. So according to the study, what do we see as drivers that will trigger a sense of road rage in us? Uh, see if you can relate to this. Um, this is according to another, another uh, recent study, similar to the one I just said. Uh, they're very, very close. Once again, talking on the cell phone. We see people talking on the cell phone uh, driving. 84% of us see this every day. That can trigger a sense of road rage in us. And again, driving too fast, 58%. Uh, here comes a tailgating again. They say 53%. Um, well, same thing as the other, other survey, 53%. Cutting over without notice, 43%. Uh, texting, actually they all come in real close, texting, slamming on the brakes, running the red lights, and the multi-tasking. Multi so the, all the studies performed ended up coming up with the same reasons. And so I found that real interesting. Some of these store, uh, studies were done in the U.S., some in England, and they all came up with the same things that caused people to go into road rage and caused people to react a certain way towards road rage. And these are the things that we see every day that shows to trigger road rage in us, but all too often uh, the instigator becomes the victim. And this is the key element of road rage that you must always be aware of. So what if the tables are turned and you become the victim? Uh, remember the old male hormone? We're men and nobody's going to call us a coward or even worse, but it's not just men. Women have their share of launching into road rage as well. 
And so I started looking at men versus women in road rage. And a survey administered by Response Insurance revealed that 34% of drivers say they honk their horn at the aggressor, and 27% yell, uh, 19% give the old hand signal back to them, 17% flash their headlights, and 7% will actually mimic the initial aggressive driving behavior. I thought that was kind of odd. 2% of drivers admit to trying to run the aggressor off the road, and when it came to aggressive responses, men and women are very versed. Men are most likely to react in, in a, a, a road rage manner. Uh, 54% of men will do that, and women are right behind them at 46%. Not a much, not a big difference. So it's in all of us. But but let's think about it. I mean, is it worth it? Is it worth the chance of losing your life from a driver experiencing a fit of road rage? This program is sponsored in part by a grant from the African American Unity Fund through the Omaha Community Foundation. Oh, I don't know what that is. All right. I think we had a little bleed over there somewhere. Um, that that woke me up. I also had a little bleed over from another blog talk radio show, but um but so let's think about it. Is it really worth it? I remember the good old days when we would just uh, settle in an argument with a good old-fashioned fist fight and, uh, and then afterwards jump in the car together and ride down to the Sonic and have a hamburger and fries. But, but, but those days are gone, and uh, the weapon of choice these days are, are no longer fist. And, and so I, I was kind of curious about, well, what kind of weapons are being used out there in road rage? So... Uh, in, in a, I found out that in a large number of known aggressive driving incidents, the aggressor used a firearm, a knife, a club, fist, feet, or other standard weapon for the attack. And uh, aggressive drivers use an even more powerful weapon, uh, his or her own vehicle. And so what do you think now is the number one weapon of choice by a road rage aggressor? And uh, it's not really hard to figure out in the times that we're living. So the number one weapon of choice by road rage is, of course, a firearm. The use of a gun is number one. And the number two most often used weapon is the vehicle. Studies show that in 37% of the cases, a firearm was used. And right behind it at 35%, the weapon was the vehicle itself. And uh, other weapons that were used by that are used by aggressive drivers have included um, fist and feet, obviously the good old pound pound and ground. Tire irons and jack handles are frequently used as weapons, probably because they are needily or readily accessible in most vehicles. Uh, baseball bats. Uh, Mazelle and Company recorded over 160 cases in which baseball bats were used to settle traffic disputes. And there are, of course, thousands of cases in which baseball bats have been used as weapons in other situations. But another biggie in road rage and, and, and get, get what they use as knives. I mean, knives used include bayonets, ice picks, razor blades, and swords. And a knife is used criminally and violently almost every day, almost every day in the U.S. by an angry motorist. 
and uh, they also have pro uh, things that they throw. In at least 313 cases in the sample, uh, angry motorist hurled uh, beer and liquor bottles, and the most popular uh, are rocks, coins, of all things, soda cans, and even garbage. And uh, the study noted that aggressive drivers have also thrown a wide range of partially eaten foods, including burritos and hamburgers. So I guess when you lose it, you lose it. Um, and then there's other forms of clubs that they use. These are all weapons that they have found and studied that have come out in road rage situations. So that's why I'm wanting you to think about it before you step out of that vehicle. Other clubs, um, angry and impatient motors have used a, a wide range of to attack uh, the other driver. And these, these other clubs include crowbars, lead pipes, batons, four-by-four four timbers, uh, walking canes, tree limbs, wrenches, hatchets, and in some cases even golf clubs. So uh, uh, anything can really be used as a weapon if you know how to use it. Uh, Anything can be used as a weapon. They even use defensive sprays. And as more and more people are carrying defensive sprays, such as mace and uh, pepper spray, there's an increasing number of cases in which these items are used in traffic disputes. And in most aggressive driving cases, though, the sprays have been used to attack rather than defend. And uh, then there's miscellaneous stuff like eggs and water pistols. I mean, as I got to looking at this thing, it just goes on and on and on. It goes on forever. It never stops. Uh, at least five shootings occurred when uh, some teenagers uh, threw eggs or, eggs or uh, snowballs at motorists. Five shootings. And a teenager in Florida was shot to death after squirting a passing gun with a water pistol. Uh, can, I mean, just think about just Just a kid. Uh, a uh, car goes by and he shoots him with a water pistol and uh, ends up getting shot to death. And in Washington State, two teenage boys were killed by a gunman in another vehicle after they threw eggs at his vehicle. So, you know, what, what's the story here? There's, there's a lot of crazy people out here in the world today. So uh, no one is immune from road rage, either as the aggressor or victim. I mean, I, 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 that's easy to see. I mean... Uh, even celebrities and the rich and powerful. Uh, remember about 15, uh, 16 years ago when uh, Jack Nicholson, the great actor Jack Nicholson, uh, believed that the driver of a Mercedes-Benz uh, cut him off in traffic and uh, he grabbed a golf club? We just talked about that. He grabbed a golf club, uh, stepped out of his car at a red light, and uh, just started striking the windshield and roof of the Mercedes. Uh, did quite a number on it, actually. So even if the Mercedes-Benz did cut him off in an act of road rage, it was actually Nicholson who became the road rage aggressor, which is what I was just going through earlier. So uh, it is, it's a big problem. There, there is absolutely uh, no doubt about it. So what can you do to prevent from being uh, a victim of a road rage assault. And the first step is, of course, awareness. Uh, you have to understand and be aware of what behaviors by drivers result in road rage violence. And um, we will uh, wrap up the show here and go over these points of awareness and what you can do to avoid 
becoming a victim of road rage in America. Still got quite a bit here to go through. Uh, got to take a short commercial break, and uh, very short, and we'll be right back. And we're going to uh, start it off here with a, a personal message from the First Lady of the United States, uh, Michelle Obama. The images from Haiti are heartbreaking. Homes, hospitals, and schools are destroyed. Families searching for loved ones parents trying to feed their children, but we can all do something. We can help the American Red Cross as it delivers the food, water, and medicine that can save lives. Donate $10 by texting Haiti to 90999. Visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. Thanks for your help. Roadheaver Boys Ranch knows all about the trials of being a boy. Since 1950, it's been a warm home for boys suffering from parental death, desertion, dysfunction, or abuse. Today, the ranch needs your help. Call or visit rbr.org. A bundle of energy, an explosive smile, endless curiosity, and absence of guile. That's a boy. Roadheaver Boys Ranch, because it's better to build boys than men men. All right, this is Truth About Trucking Live, and we've been discussing road rage in America, uh, and awareness is a big key in preventing yourself from becoming a victim of road rage. And, and keep in mind what types of road, uh, roadway that road rage most often occurs. I mean, did that make sense? That's kind of tough to say. Keep in mind what types of roadway that road rage most often occurs. And 46% of all road rage encounters happen on the main road. Uh, the interstate, 46%. 26% happen on the, the motorway, the uh, divided highways. 23% will occur on minor roads, and 4% in parking lots, and 2% uh, they classify as others. So interstates and highways and, and the roads are the main things, obviously. I mean, road rage. It's got to be on the roads, but uh, and they also conclude that time of day is a good thing to be aware of also and the, the majority of people 70 percent said the last incident occurred during the day and 30 percent said after dark um, and so according to experts on this subject they have listed several driver behaviors that you may be doing that are known to cause other drivers to go into a road rage mindset and we may be doing them unknowingly just in our own little world but these actions even if we don't realize that we're doing them can cause those who are prone to launching into a road rage fit perceive that we are really the aggressor it's really kind of weird when you get into all this mindset out there so <clears throat> I wanted to share with you the driving actions that we should be aware of that we're doing that could cause others to react with road rage. And of course, we all do this, we see it every day. First one is lane blocking. So don't block the passing lane. And truckers hate this, I know. Don't block the passing lane. Um, excuse me, stay out of the far left lane and um, yield to the right for any, any vehicle that wants to overtake you. And if someone demands to pass, allow them to do so. A lot of this is mostly common sense. And I've got to get a drink here. 
And secondly, is tailgating. Uh, maintain a safe difference from the vehicle in front of you. Dozens of deadly traffic altercations began when one driver tailgated another. And keep in mind, I'm talking about these are things that we can do that can create road rage in another person against us. So another one is signal use. Don't switch lanes without first signaling your intentions, and make sure you don't cut someone off when you move over. And after you've made the maneuver, turn your signal off. You know, once again, we all know this, but we just get so relaxed at driving, we're not even thinking about it. Uh, and gestures. Here we go with the hand gestures. You're playing, they say you're playing Russian roulette if you raise that middle finger to another driver. Because obscene gestures have gotten people shot, stabbed, and physically beaten in every state in the United States. That is a big one, like I said at the beginning of the show. Uh, blowing the horn. Use your horn sparingly. If, you, if you've got to get someone's attention in a non-emergency situation, tap your horn lightly. Uh, Floridians down here, they love blowing the horns. I mean, they just love it. Uh, and think twice about using your horn to say hello to a passing pedestrian. I mean, the driver in front of you may think you're honking at him. And don't blow your horn at the driver in front of you. Um, the second the light turns green, they do this in Florida all the time. Uh, if a stressed-out motorist is on the edge, the noise may set them off. And, and the surveys have showed that, I mean, it's unbelievable. Scores of shootings began with a driver innocently honking the horn. And um, uh, just, it's just not good. Uh, failure to turn is another one. In most areas, uh, right-hand turns are allowed. We all know that after a stop at a red light. Uh, so avoid the right-hand lane uh, if you're not turning right. This is something that the experts say that we should be aware of. Uh, and parking. Uh, don't take more than one parking space and don't park in a handicapped parking space if you're not handicapped. And uh, don't allow your doctor to or your door of the car to... Uh, uh, strike uh, a parked vehicle next to you. So when parallel parking, don't tap the other vehicle with your own. And look before backing up. This has the, this is where the parking lot, the 4%, remember, this is where the parking lot comes in. Uh, and headlight use, once again, the, keep the headlights on low beam, uh, except where, you know, unlighted conditions require the use of high beams. Uh, don't approach the vehicle. All common sense that we know, but if we do this not thinking about it, um, again, we're talking about this can cause road rage, road rage, uh, you, for you to experience road rage from the other driver uh, who obviously doesn't know that you're not doing it on purpose. Um, and merging is another one when traffic permits. Uh, move out of the right-hand acceleration lane of a freeway to allow the other vehicles to enter from the on-ramps. And uh, again, blocking traffic. If you're pulling a trailer or driving a big rig, um, that you know slows down the traffic behind you pull over when you have the opportunity so that motorists behind you can uh, can pass uh, once again just common sense and I think most truckers do this uh, but sometimes you're just kind of off in your own little world you know and you just don't realize that you're doing it uh, and again we go back to the car phones uh, don't let the car phone become a distraction keep your eyes and attention on the road and um, car phones, of course, you know, they're great for security, but bad for safety. <laughs> uh, car phone users are widely perceived as being poor drivers and as constituting a traffic hazard. And the data 
uh, clearly showed that aggressive drivers hate fender benders with motorists who are talking on the telephone, telephone, and uh, that's where the road rage comes in. And uh, one thing I thought was interesting is uh, they said be careful of the displays that you put on your trucks or cars or whatever, like Confederate flags on pickup trucks. They say not a good idea. Uh, refrain from showing uh, any type of bumper sticker or slogan that could be offensive. You know, I'll leave that up to you. Uh, that's just what the uh, experts are saying. And uh, here's a biggie also, eye contact. Uh, if, a, uh, if a hostile motorist tries to pick a fight, don't make eye contact. Uh, this can be seen as a uh, challenging gesture and incite the other driver to violence. And it's that animalistic, you know, thing in us that, you know, we just, you know, you ever look at a, you ever stare down a dog? I used to do that just for the fun of it. Some dog, and you just stare them in the eye and don't move away, and boy, they just get meaner and meaner and growler and growler. <laughs> People are the same way. So instead, get out of the way, but don't don't acknowledge the other driver, and if they pursue you, don't go home. Instead, drive to a police station, a convenience store, or other location where you can get help, and there will be witnesses. Uh, just common sense, but these are these are the things that we may be doing, you may be doing, that uh, and not even realizing it, that will uh, instigate road rage in uh, some of the other drivers around you. So, just wanted you to be aware of that. Uh, and um, and then I want to touch on how to avoid becoming a victim. And uh, experts agree that there are steps you can take to avoid becoming a victim of road rage. Um, if you're being hassled by another driver, again, try not to react. And again, make, avoid making eye contact. As uh, obviously, this is often seen as confrontational. And don't be tempted to accelerate, or brake, or swerve suddenly. And again, because this this may be seen as confrontational and and it actually has been shown to increase your chances of losing control of the vehicle, obviously. We all know that. So, And if a driver continues to hassle you or you think you're being followed, uh, drive on again to the nearest police station or busy place to get help. And uh, when you're in town, they advise, obviously, to lock the car door, to keep the windows and sunroof only partly open. And uh, stopped in traffic. Uh, it's funny, they showed a lot of um, road rage incidents that happened when people were just stopped in traffic. Uh, and it, it was kind of odd, the reasons for it. Uh, they just didn't leave enough space uh, between themselves and the car in front of them, so the other car thought that they just were a little too close to their bumper. Uh, so leave enough space to pull out from behind the car you are following. And if someone tries to get into your car, Attract attention by sounding your horn or a personal alarm or something that you carry like that. And uh, just don't be tempted to start a fight. And don't be tempted to carry any sort of weapon. And uh, this is mostly, you know, the general public. This is obviously your personal choice. Uh, uh, I'm just saying what the experts say. So um, there's been a lot of cases where um, there was an assault road rage attack, and um, the person who was in the right had a weapon and it was taken away from them and used against them. So I think that's really what they're looking at there. And and so just don't allow yourself to get drawn into a confrontation. Um, 
Uh, using your turn signals, again, is a simple way to prevent becoming a road rage victim. Uh, a response that was given to the Insurance National Driving Habits Survey revealed that 57% of drivers don't regularly use their signals and that this has led to numerous incidents of road rage, something as simple as using your turn signal. So uh, if you don't have a cell phone, then get one. Uh, if you think you're in serious danger, uh, use a, a call 911 or, again, drive to a police station or heavily populated area and just don't drive home and do not get out of the car until you're in a safe area because uh, study after study has shown that people who are aware of these actions and who follow them, uh, follow these points of safety are extremely less likely to fall victim to road rage. Um, so a lot of it's just common sense, but as I really looked into this a lot more, uh, it's really pretty amazing that uh, it, it is a big, big problem in the United States all over the country. And uh, uh, the drivers in Illinois, uh, it's a shame. He, he just didn't need to uh, uh, end up that way. And again, it's, it's so easy to uh, you know want to get involved and not take anything from anybody, but it's just, it's just the world we live in, and uh, just try to stay calm and uh, think about your family. Uh, you know, ask yourself now: if I get out of this vehicle to handle this guy, and I end up losing, uh, will my wife be okay? Will my husband be okay? Will my kids be okay without me? I mean, if that doesn't calm you down. Uh, I don't know what will, because it's just simply not worth it. Um, uh, you know, Donna, I'm busy over here talking. How's the chat room going? Is it? Um, yeah, I had a lot that I wanted to go over tonight. I'm kind of winding it down. We may cut it short here, uh, but Donna's kind of handling the chat room for me. But I appreciate you all being here. Uh, I always appreciate the chat room and everybody in there. Uh, some shows I can get on there and uh, join right in with you, but... Um, Tonight it's all me, so I've uh, been jabbering a lot. But it's really amazing when uh, I got to looking into this road rage thing. Uh, and uh, most of you know who've been listening to me a while, I used to be a police officer and deputy sheriff, so I dealt with this too then. And, and uh, human nature just always amazes me. And I think about that, that clip that we played earlier about that guy who's saying, well, we don't about each other anymore. And... Uh, I just refuse to believe that. I mean, $57 million from, public, uh, from the public domain to Haiti, to people we don't even know, uh, I think it's mostly more just stress of life, especially with the economic situation we're in. Uh, so many drivers not able to uh, find a job or many people not being able to find a job. But uh, I find it, how I always handle it, I see it every day here in Florida. Uh, Man, here in, people here in Florida, they'll, uh, uh, just like I said earlier, I'll be passing them, and just for the fun of it, they'll speed up right at my speed and stay right at the rear axles of my trailer and won't let me back over. And then I've got the backup behind me. Now, here I am slowing everybody down in the fast lane, which I just said causes road rage from other people. So here I am stuck because this guy is hanging out at my rear axles. Uh, I get a lot of people... Uh, who pull in front of me and slow down. And then again, that also brings up the point I wanted to make quickly is 
you know, a lot of times we see things that we think are is a road rage that really are, is not. And I'll give you an example. Uh, happens all the time here in Florida, up and down I-75. I'll have a car. I'll pass a car, and I'll get over, and then they'll pass me, and then they'll get back over and slow down. And then I'll pass them and get back over, and then here in a few minutes, they'll pass me, get back over, and slow down. And this thing goes on and on and on for miles, and it is so frustrating. Uh, I, you know, you, you can all relate. It just drives me crazy. And Barry and I was talking about this earlier, too. It just happens every day. Uh, and then finally, I'll get to a point where I'll pass them. I'll be going down a hill, and I can get some speed up. And I just, I just want to look over at this guy and say, what are you doing? Why do you keep doing this? And most of the time, most of the time here in Florida, I'll look over, and it's an elderly senior citizen. And they're sitting there with that white-knuckled hand grip to the uh, steering wheel. And I realize they're not doing anything to me. They're elderly. They're scared. This big old truck is barreling down on them. They don't want me in front of them, so they're going to pass me. Well, now they look down at their speed limit, and the speed that they're having to go to stay in front of me scares them, so they slow down. I dealt with this a lot as a police officer. What I'm perceiving as a road rage act against me is simply an elderly senior citizen who's afraid of a big rig passing them and afraid of being behind a big rig, and I think this really happens a lot. And I'll tell you another one that just happened to me last week. It's funny, just before the show, just last week, this guy kept passing me, and it was nighttime. The guy kept passing me right out on I-75, pulled in front of me, and we just slow down. And I'd just go around him again. And this went on and on for several miles. The next exit was like 13 miles up the road. It went on and on and on. And once again, I hit the hill where I can get my uh, speed up, and I go flying by him. And being at night, I could look down in his car, and he was really slow this time. And I looked over... And I noticed all these flashing lights on his dashboard. And then it dawned on me what was going on. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, overheating or what the, what the signals on the dashboard was, but he wasn't passing me and slowing down and passing me and slowing down to aggravate me. He was having engine trouble. And so he would slow down, and the gauges would, would ease up, and then he would speed up until it, it started overheating or whatever it was doing, and then he'd slow down again. He was trying to make it to the next exit because he didn't want to be stranded out on I-75, seven, eight, nine miles from the next exit. And once again, I thought to myself, well, isn't this odd? I'm fixing to do a show on road rage, and I'm sitting here perceiving these drivers like this road rage against me when it really wasn't. And I think that happens a lot. So we have to really look at we have to consider what is actually going on in front of us. Uh, uh, maybe the person just came from the hospital uh, where they got the bad news for a loved one. Uh, maybe they just, they just found out they had cancer. Uh, maybe they just had a fight with their boyfriend or girlfriend. So many different aspects can play into this road rage, and we, we just really should consider what could be going on before just automatically thinking, you know, this is an act of road rage against me like I was doing against these two drivers. And that, that too, there got me uh, thinking quite a bit. So uh, just a thought. Um, but really think about, is it really worth it? Uh, 
I mean, I know as men we, we don't want to be uh, called out as a chicken or coward. Uh, and again, women women are right up there at 46% too. But but is it worth it? Uh, the the guy in Illinois, you know, he's gone forever. Family's gone. Had kids, wife. Was it worth getting out of that truck to prove a point? And uh, we we may be saying we may be thinking, well, you know, we'll take care of this right now. But we don't know who this other person is, especially in the world we live in today. People carry guns, people. They carry knives. They carry machetes, crowbars, baseball bats, all the things I've covered. It's just not worth it. Uh, breathe easy. Calm yourself down and remind yourself, I'm going to get home to my family because that's what it's all about. It's just simply not worth it. So, uh I hope our program uh, this evening has shed some helpful information uh, concerning road rage in America and how you can avoid becoming a victim of this. Uh, you're typing over there. Donna, what's going on over there? A little fun conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, okay. Um well, here's a little side note for all of you gas haulers out there. I know we have some gas haulers that listen to the show. Um, uh, a new study for road rage. Here's another study. You know, these studies for road rage goes on and on. I couldn't believe all those studies I found. But a new study for road rage published in the open access journal BMC Physiology uh, has shown that rats exposed to fumes from leaded and unleaded gasoline become more aggressive. That's right. That's what it said. Amal Kinawi from Cairo University, Egypt, examined the uh, emotional properties of gasoline in three groups of male rats, each exposed to either um, leaded gas or unleaded gas or clean air. And uh, as well as observing the animal's behavior, she studied any resulting uh, neurological and physiological changes. And uh, she said millions of people every day are exposed to gasoline fumes while refueling their cars. Obviously, we know that. And uh, you gas haulers that listen to the show, you know, hey, you know, we get, get our share of it too. Uh, but the research demonstrated that rats exposed to either kind of fuel vapor showed increased aggressive behavior such as more time spent in an uh, aggressive posture and increased numbers of actual attacks, just like road rage, uh, in comparison to the clean air group. Uh, and uh, further examining the uh, animal's brains after the experiment revealed uh, significant differences between all three groups. And according to the lady in uh, Egypt who did this survey, uh, she stated, rats exposed to unleaded gasoline showed indications of increased damage caused by free radicals and altered levels of neurotransmitters in the brain cortex region in comparison with the control or leaded gasoline groups. And furthermore, inhalation of both fuels induced significant fluctuations in the neurotransmitters. And so she concluded her study by determining that heightened aggression 
may be yet another risk for the human population chronically exposed to urban air polluted by automobile smoke. So there you have it. Um, rats showed signs of road rage when shot with unleaded fumes. So, okay, gas haulers beware. And uh, that's what her study concluded. Uh, I don't know. I think if I was a rat and every so often somebody shot some gas fumes at me, I would probably tend to get a little agitated too, but, you know, hey, that's just me. So, uh, all right, uh, we may have it short here a little bit earlier, um, uh, just about uh, wrapping it up here, about 29 minutes to go, so it might be a little bit earlier, but that's all right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And listen, uh, our next show will be one of the most important shows of the year, and I can say that uh, knowing that that is a fact. If you're a CDL graduate, a CDL student, or inexperienced driver, or even a veteran driver who just can't find a driving job, uh, maybe you finished CDL school and their job placement department didn't do their work, or you've been laid off, or your company closed down, whatever the reason, many drivers are finding it tough to land a driving job, especially today in the economic situation. Uh, as I reported on a blog post uh, at our blog at askthetrucker.com, uh, 94,200 drivers lost their job just in 2009. So it's a tough situation out there. Uh, if this is your case, if you just haven't been able to uh, get a company to hire you and find a job, then you will not want to miss our next show. It's going to be Wednesday, February 3rd. Uh, 2010 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And James McCormick is the founder of Trucking Careers of America, and they work for you in getting you back in the driver's seat. And before you ask yourself, well, okay, yeah, but how much does their service cost? Well, that's the best part because they work for you, and there is never a charge for their services, zero. Uh, they're a uh, professional staffing and career advisory service, and once they hear from you, they will be in contact within 48 hours to start moving your career forward and getting you that driver job that is uh, so hard to find these days for many drivers. So uh, don't wait for the next show to check them out. I mean, right now, we'll close it out here in a minute. Right now, Go to truckingcareersofamerica.com and read through their site, see what they can do to get you employed and driving again, uh, write down any questions or concerns you may have, and then uh, be back here Wednesday, February 3rd, 2010 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and James McCormick will be our special guest, and he'll be glad to take your calls and answer any questions you have about their services. So CDL students, CDL graduates, uh, if you're needing a refresher course, uh, or even if you're an experienced driver, uh, no matter what your situation, if you never got hired by the trucking companies, you're having trouble finding a driving job, truckingcareersofamerica.com can get you back in the driver's seat. So our next show Truck Driving Jobs Employment, next time on Truth About Trucking Live. So trust me, you don't want to miss that show. So 
Uh, we'll wrap it up here. We'll leave you now. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we're going to leave you with this great song. Now, hang on here. Don't go anywhere. Uh, you got to hear this song. Uh, uh, you may not have heard it yet, and if that's the case, uh, just remember you heard it here first. Uh, but it's a song that came about from the trucker shutdown of April 1st, 2008, if you recall that. Um, uh, and it was largely, the, the shutdown was largely credited uh, to Mr. Dan Little, uh, who um, credits his uh, grandfather for instilling in him the right attributes for living life. And, and after the success of the shutdown, there was like uh, Dan Little discovered through emails and phone calls and different various ways of contact that he discovered that when he uh, posted about, he really just posted about uh, trucker shutdown for just one day. And he discovered through email and various ways of contact that uh, uh, at least 5 million people agreed with him. And the uh, trucker shutdown of April 1st of 08 was a huge success. And, and after the success of the shutdown, uh, Dan Little was inspired to form a new driver's association, which we now know as ownerofferatorsunited.org. And a, um, a new a new association for drivers and owner operators, and uh, Dan Little travels to Washington D.C. to uh, uh, fight for the driver and owner operators. And if you're not a uh, member of OwnerOperatorsUnited.org, you should be. And and after his role in the shutdown and everything that um, you know he did for that cause, uh, the songwriters of this song contacted Mr. Little and wanted to write a song about truck drivers and owner-operators and tell the story of what these men and women face every day. And that is uh, basically how the song came to be. And as Dan Little of uh, OwnerOperatorsUnited.org learned from his grandfather, uh, Mr. Little points out that the truckers shut down of April 08 and this great song you're about to hear all came about because, and I quote, grandfathers all over this great country instilled into their offspring a few simple words that run deep in the heart of people worldwide, stand up for yourself. So here it is, written by Barry Allen Lyles of Tennessee and David Ayers, Atlanta, Georgia, and performed by John Johnson of the Johnson Brothers Studio in Atlanta, Georgia, what they going to do when the big rigs don't roll. And you're going to love this. So until next time, for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe. And thanks for listening. And don't forget, April 3rd, next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, February 3rd. Well, they knew that. They just knew I made a big mistake. Uh, James McCormick, Trucking Careers of America, don't want to miss the show. So, okay, listen to this, man. This is so cool. You're going to love it. What they're going to do when the big rigs don't roll. We'll see you next time. It's about truck life. It ain't right, man, it sucks When the big old companies make a billion bucks On the backs of the working man Driving trucks and cars it takes 1200 bucks to fill this rig While I'm stuffing the pockets of some big wig He don't care if I've maxed out my credit card 
The only trick I get for my truck is the jack and the price when I fill it up. It's like pumping my money down an endless hole. But what they gonna do when the big leagues don't roll? Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll. college degree to figure out that they're ripping off me. They get a big tax break and all I get's the shaft. Insurance goes up if my credit is down. If I sink any lower, I'm gonna drown. And I ain't getting no help from a bureaucrat, no. The only trick I get for my truck is a jack in the price when I fill it up. It's like pumping my money down an endless hole. But what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll? Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll. If mama hadn't taught me the golden Tell those big wigs what to do With the nozzle on the pump Where I get my gas But I'm a good boy And I won't do that
We'll see you next time on Truth About Trucking Live. I'm Alan Smith. I appreciate everybody tuning in, everyone in the chat room. Have a great night, and be safe out there.